to yet another very exciting episode of the Friends Talking Fantasy Podcast. My name is Charles, and with me today, as always, is my lifelong friend and co-host, Dylan. I'm ready to talk some fantasy with my friend Charles. I'm ready to talk some fantasy with my friend as well, Dylan, and not just any fantasy today, because today we finish a trilogy. And that is always an exciting moment to come to the end of a of a saga, especially one with green bones in it. You know, I'm talking about the Green Bones Saga, book three, Jade Legacy by Fonda Lee. Yeah, when you start talking green bones and sagas, Charles, we know we're talking about the Green Bones Saga. <laughs> I know we finally made I, it. Yeah, it has been quite a journey a numerous decades long journey <laughs> by the end of i know we got our time skips the whole saga yeah we were promised time skips and we definitely time received we them given, i know uh, yeah after jade war we were like is that really a time skip like i don't know <laughs> maybe a couple years or so it's like nope these are serious time skips we <laughs> got deep into the future we got to a point where people were playing video games charles that's when i was like whoa we are we are hitting the future because people are gaming i picked up on that there's a little bit of like cell like cell phone um, like phone technology advancing you know uh, like movies were getting huge uh professional sports leagues so we definitely made it into the future the future is now here in Hispania and in the in the um no people. And the future is clanless. Yes. <laughs> oh, you were part of the <laughs> clanless future movement, Dylan. How could you? The That's clan is my I'm blood, regular. and the pillar is master. <laughs> we have You're different right. opinions yeah. there on the clans. <laughs> but that um, we are. <laughs> you know. Yes, we have very different opinions. You know, I I fall firmly down on the clanless um <laughs> you know i'm debating terrorist if acts. really needs to have clans in it but uh <laughs> i might be a little biased because you know i just love the character so much and that's something that we're going to get into with our discussion today i mean we have a lot to talk about uh, a lot of spoiler filled discussions to be had uh so that being said dylan you want to take it away with one of your famous uh spoiler warnings sure thing charles yeah we're finishing up the green bone saga here with jade legacy so if you haven't read the whole green bone saga that's the trilogy of books jade city jade war and jade legacy then now's a good time to turn this down in your headphones because we're gonna have a no holds barred conversation about this whole series here well said dylan and with that spoiler warning that brings us into the discussion and you had talked about the time skips you know this book is called jade legacy and the theme of legacy is probably one of the strongest parts of this book and with that comes the time skip and i think that's something we should bring some attention to for everyone that's read the book is kind of get our reaction of this is something that you don't read much of in fantasy i feel like the trilogy is such a like a classic standard 
literary work in fantasy of like okay you have your book one book two kind of shoulders it and then book three is the big face-off and the cinematic end we don't usually get to go like i felt like we had a huge ending like 25 percent of the way through the book with the clanless future movement and then we went like 14 years past that and then 10 years past that you, you cover a span of over 20 years by the time this series ends and so it almost felt like there were a bunch you know you see the traditional story graph of like you have your climax your, your rising action your climax and then your falling action and your conclusion it felt like we had just a bunch of peaks of like uh, these climactic uh definitive moments that were peppered through 20 years of the call family's history and i just wanted to get your feedback on how was like how was that experience for you and and where do you sit on the on the time skip approach to Fonda Lee's writing in this book. Yeah, I actually thought it was cool. Like, I I feel like there should be more series that take this sort of approach with a final book, or maybe just more books in general that span this amount of time. Like, I've, I can't really think of anything similar that was done in anything else I've read. The one thing that came to mind was what Abercrombie does, Joe Abercrombie, mm-hmm. with his first law universe in the sense that he'll do the time skips in between basically like trilogies or at least he'll finish a, like the first trilogy he finishes and all takes place within a you know pretty typical amount of time. But then there's a time skip to the next standalone, takes place with different characters and so on. But uh, he then has his Age of Madness trilogy, which picks up with a lot of like the next generation and what's going on with them. And I think it's pretty cool to see an author pick up with the next generation while the events that include the previous generation are still (laughs) kind of happening and the previous generation still like main characters in their own rights. It's, it's interesting. I can't think of any parallels. I've done it in the case of a single book. And I definitely came away being like, ah, that's an idea that we should have more of in Mm -hmm. our genre. And I'm almost surprised that, it hasn't been done more since, well, I guess this book wasn't published that long ago. So it's a couple of years maybe ago. it's time for it to, yeah, exactly. And, you know, it's an award-winning book. This one took the Locus Award. Uh, so I feel like when a book wins awards and gets the kind of praise that the Greenbone Saga has, plus uh, nearly adapted to Peacock, I believe it was, before yes. they dropped that, unfortunately. Um, but hopefully we will see it on the on the small screen eventually. And either way, when something makes this big a cultural impact uh, within the genre, you expect probably we'll see some some folks using that idea. So I'm excited. I hope that really does have the impact on the genre. Right. It also won the 2022 to. Aurora Award for all you Canadians out there. <laughs> something to consider. And yeah, I would agree. Normally you get like a epilogue or something or it flash forwards and the main character has kids or something uh, but yeah this was totally different this was um it changed the whole pacing of the book and it allowed us to kind of recontextualize some of these characters in a way that you wouldn't be able to do 
Like, you couldn't get the full story of Hilo without having him be a father of kids, teenagers, adults, you know, passing the torch. And when your story starts when they're, like, not even born, he's, like, a 20-something-year-old kid, basically, like, fighting on the school grounds with Andon at the beginning of Jade City to becoming, like, the patriarch of a whole family. You see not only how his parenting style changes, but also how his leadership style changes and how his philosophies on like his leadership and the clan's legacy, hey um, play a part in him as being the pillar of the No Peak clan. And I think that's the first character I really want to dive into because I really feel like this was Hilo's book. And in a lot of ways, this is Hilo's series. Um, he he starts out in the first book as just like the, oh, he's the, you know, the horn. He's a violent guy. And he's going to, you know, one day be really good to Lana's the horn. And he was thrust into the leadership role. And I really enjoyed watching him like grapple both leading the clan and also being a parent. I find his dichotomy of being like sometimes capable of doing unspeakable or cruel acts and his xenophobia and his like, you know, he's like, oh, if you can't use bioenergetic jade, then you're an inferior race of people. And then how surprisingly compassionate he is and sensitive he is and how family motivated he is. It's a really interesting combination that makes for a great mafia leader. Yeah, he's such a complex and morally gray character. I feel like, and and Fonda doesn't pull any punches mm-hmm. with that. There's so many characters that people are like, morally gray because he's a thief. It's like thieves are bad, but it's like they never do anything yeah. bad unless you count stealing yeah. from really rich people or it's something. Like, oh, he's going to grow up to be and the like, fighting no, guy that is... fights in the clan. <laughs> he's made right. to be a fighting yeah, guy. Like, <laughs> Hilo Hilo is actually a person who does extremely reprehensible things throughout the series and because of his charisma and the way that he's able to have a ton of compassion in mm-hmm. other areas we kind of forgive him and like root <laughs> for him I know I I root for Hilo or rooted for, for sure. Hilo when I was reading it and I was like I can't believe I'm rooting for a guy who murdered his sister-in-law and also like is blatantly cheating on his wife at the start of the book it's uh, i i do enjoy that fonda is willing to go there with hilo as a character totally agree that this is his series i would say he goes through the most growth he has the most uh, like clear and dramatic arc i think and it's i think probably yeah, like Kilo's arc, I would say, is probably one of the biggest shining like uh, points of the whole Greenbone saga. Like one of the best parts mm-hmm. of the whole saga, you'd say, is Hilo as a character and his uh, journey uh, going from someone who is like, yeah, seems almost one-dimensional at the start of the book to or start of the first book to someone who has so many facets to them by the end of the final installment well said and you know I, you can't help but compare him to his arch enemy Aitmada, who 
does all the same stuff. She's killed family members and she's like can be brutally violent when the moment's necessary. She can be cruel as well. And I think the whole point of this book, like the kind of the way this book finally does end is having that clear separation of like what makes the no peak clan almost morally like superior or better than the mountain clan. Right. And there's that moment with Shay and Ike together. And Shay says something like we were able to do it as a family, (laughs) you know, like the ability to have that compassion, I guess, edged them out uh, in the end because I, didn't have a whole lot of of family that loved her left and uh she kind of tried to take everything on herself so the fact that Hilo I liked his modern parenting approach too I thought he did a really good job even though there were moments where he would just you know beat his kids or whatever he like he was still surprisingly open-minded and very communicative and you get the sense that the the like that was a cultural thing that every probably every family was doing at that time yeah, right. in uh, in yeah in that culture uh, which obviously from our angle looks reprehensible but it, you know didn't really set him apart probably as no. a bad father or anything like that no and but I what i did like there was a scene it's really like, in the oh, beginning yeah, go where go i was actually impressed by this scene where he is sitting down with um nico and he's like, hey, remember when I told you that your parents died in a fire? Uh, well, that was a lie, and I killed them. But just know that, you know, our family has a lot of enemies, and we got to keep each other close, and I love you very much. I was like, whoa, he actually said that. Normally, that's a, in, in shows and books and movies. That's a, that's a, something you <laughs> keep buried deep, and then it comes out later. And then, then they learn about the truth. They switch sides, you know, and become enemies. But he was like straight up like, no, this was this is the harsh reality of living a clan life is that sometimes these things happen and you have to make hard choices. But, um, you know, I I still care about you. And this is something you need to know as part of this family. And I was like, that's actually a pretty progressive parenting moment Uh, to like sit a kid down and tell him you love them and give them the full story and not hold back any details and being honest. It's like us. Because at the time, Nico was still a young kid. And then there was a line in there where it's like he learned there was like two things you couldn't do with a kid or or anyone. It was something like um, change their minds when they're set on something or convince them not to do it. And I was like, you know, like that's like he doesn't fight their kids. So when his daughter, Jaya, Jaya, was like, I want to be the horn someday. His reaction was, no way, will you ever be the horn? But he was like, you know what, I can't change your mind. So he was like, maybe I can like get you connected with one of the fists after school. And if you keep your grades up, then we'll see where it goes. And I was like, well, that's, you know, way to keep an open mind. Like, I know my dad shot down plenty of ideas. <laughs> he wasn't that open-minded. So uh, there you go. Right. <laughs> Charles, when you want to be the horn of No Peak Clan, uh, your dad did shut that down. He said, that's a made-up fantasy book, Charles, and you have to get a real job. <laughs> and, you know, while I do respect your dad for that decision, it's like, was that really progressive in the way that Hilo demonstrated he was? So, I, yeah, I, I am with you, though, Charles. I think Hilo's very 
interesting in that way and it's it's a delicate line for an author to walk and fonda walks it really well to make a character have like these contradictions and paradoxes about who they are but they still feel like a believable character and i I do feel that way about hilo is despite all that he he's believable and i think a big thing why is hilo's one of those people that might be like xenophobic or racist or whatever but then when they actually know someone or interact with someone uh, who holds that identity he's able to like look at them kind of outside of that all those like attitudes and kind of take them in a little bit more like as an individual and still like messed up because it's that whole well, like this part of why Hilo is he's not a good guy he's a murderer and all this stuff it's like he he's kind of the one of those guys who'd be like you're one of the good ones and it's like well that's racist but <laughs> at the same time like at least he uh, like does give a fair shake to some uh, like some people that he might not uh, like otherwise if he just held strictly to those larger beliefs like I'm, i imagine uh before he met uh when I, I would imagine he would be as much like uh you know adhering to those stereotypes and negative beliefs about uh, stone eyes right and mm-hmm. not that we get much background but there's no reason to think he'd be just like especially progressive about it but when he knows a person that he likes who holds idea he's like oh yeah no that's fine and he actually then tends to grow in his beliefs about those things and like make changes and and we do see that even more so after like after rue's death which we should of course get into at some point after rue's death he gets like really into the idea of uh, promoting the causes for uh, Stone Eyes in a way that he never, you know, he became a real ally to that community. Yeah, he and sure did. He's, yeah, it's interesting to watch. He really grows because he he has that compassion on a personal level that he might not have, um, like when things are just more conceptual for him. Right, and I like to think. You know, a lot of the things that happened to Hilo throughout the whole trilogy, losing a brother, losing a son, losing a brother-in-law, losing friends, other family. like I, It's almost like you think of them as as tests for Hilo. And he gets tested quite a bit, especially in this book when his kids get older and angstier and they're like, oh, I want to go work for a private company oh i want to be a fist but i'm a woman you know like get constant like or i'm born a stone eyes and and so like all of these tests that are happening for him and if you think of like a traditional mafia thug what they would be like or you know kingpin as a parent you would think they would not be very tolerant you'd think they'd be very have a very forceful hand and he kind of is able to keep that compassion alive even through some of the hardest moments of his life and losing his own son he always came back with compassion and i think one of the big takeaways for jade legacy at the end they're like hey look it's our ability to stay together as a family and keep that love alive that caused us to come together when we needed to and pull off this magical thing you know it was because jaya had those little knives it was because you know uh, nico was built up and welcomed back into the family it's because 
you know, we didn't turn, um, we didn't turn what's his face away. <laughs> the uh, Aiden. We didn't. Oh, turn good Aiden old what's his face. I'm glad. <laughs> Andin? Andin, yeah, Andin. We didn't turn Andin <laughs> away. So you know, like all of these things that came together, where I would have just been like, "Kill them all, kill them all." <laughs> they go against me, I'll kill them. Like that's um, well, what made the difference. Yeah, it definitely did. And uh, there's Mike Tar, right? Who's the character that Hilo, like, by the you know uh, rules of the society should have killed Mm -hmm. after he murdered his girlfriend i believe it was or wife fiance um fiance they were gonna get married i was was dancing around it i was on both (laughs) yeah fiance i said i said girlfriend i said wife i I didn't hit right (laughs) where it actually was in the middle of those two (laughs) but either way and hilo has this personal compassion that ait mata would not have and he spares uh, his friend and, and actually brother-in-law and it, it is very family-based where he literally says i believe like i can't lose another brother because he's if you count brother-in-laws he's lost two at that point mm-hmm. and uh, he banishes him sends him into exile and actually then he gets into this place where he plays a key role in killing uh the bad keck uh, oh, and i think that yeah Right. And it's weird where like his compassion, where it seems like, oh, you're, you're making a mistake. This guy could come back and do some damage to you. And it seems like he actually might do that because like it's played in a way where the the reveal that he was uh, working for and in and the no P clan the whole time uh, when he turns on uh, the bad keck, those like that reveal comes later and it seems like he's actually like going to betray Hilo. Um, but in fact, uh, Hilo making a decision that Aitmata would not have made and sparing that person's life uh, actually helps him. And and there's several moments in the end, like it's a more, I guess, a more hopeful and like less cynical way uh, for Fonda have gone with some of these things. Like it is mm-hmm. that, love for people and family that allows no peak to basically win this ongoing war with the mountain uh and a lot of more grimdark authors probably would not be wanting to have that be the takeaway message like family and love uh like <laughs> triumphs overall it's like <laughs> it's not that on the nose like it's done with more of a deft hand than that <laughs> yes but i i appreciate fonda's willingness to to end that in a in a pretty positive way like that, but in a way that still feels earned. Yeah, we see all those examples, even with you know Hilo and Shay at the very beginning, like working out their their marriage and kind of getting together, and Hilo making Shay Hilo um, and when oh Hilo and when yeah 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 not Shay God no this ain't Game of Thrones Hilo and Shay <laughs> this isn't Game of Thrones <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hilo and when, you know, because at the beginning of this book, it's hard to remember because so much happened in this book, but she was still like recovering from being like suffocated to death and having brain damage. Right. And that was a huge strain on their marriage. And Hilo was, you know, seeing prostitutes on the side and when was 
painfully aware of that, but she couldn't really communicate effectively. She couldn't use her body effectively, but they like talked it out and worked it out together. And you're like, it's moments like that that are, you know, very endearing. And, and because we're able to like skip around through time, we get all those moments through all the formative years of the No Peak clan family. And that was one of the things I really enjoyed to see. Um, and in becoming a doctor, that was another good one. He was able to start passing some important legislation in Hispania. I really thought he was going to get his Gohan moment, and he never did. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, yeah, that's the one key pass the key law at the, that made it possible for Jay right. to be legal. You're like, oh, okay, <laughs> and and he spared I I like three times. <laughs> you know, uh, they're. One of the things that I said in our Jade War episode, I was like, Fonda's not going to pass up the opportunity to have Andon like, go back to the well one more time and really <laughs> give himself fully to to Jade before he probably resolves it by the end. But I was like, we have to see what happens when he goes full. You know, potential. full did you say like Majin Andon? Like a, yeah, yeah the, you're right. That's what right, I said last likely. episode. A lot of Dragon Ball Z right, talk Majin. in the last episode. There was. But, or let him get his full Gohan fighting at the tournament against Cell moment and right. let's see his full power. But he kind of just commits to the Saiyaman act for the rest of the... <laughs> like, he never really does, does reach his full... <laughs> Yeah, reaches full potential as a jade warrior. And it's good for him, personally. Like, that is the right path. But I couldn't help myself as a reader from wanting him to really unleash his full power at some point. Because we know his potential, like his... His power level was probably over nine thousand. <laughs> I would, and, I would guess so. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I'd like to see him use all of that at some point and explore what happens when Andin uh, a lot like you know gives himself a little bit too much leeway and maybe does get addicted to jade and blah blah but eh, that's not really the way it goes that's the way mm. i would have wanted and Andin was much eh, too practical for that he's like yeah, oh i want to be a doctor and Andin. a politician and i think eventually settled on some part of the clan at by the very end after Hilo was killed but um, I think he was a politician by the end wasn't he yeah but then I think he all in on the then Hilo they Hilo gave him his blessing but then Hilo died and Andon took on some sort of role within the clan as like an advisory standpoint or something I forget I think he kind of puts the campaigning on pause for that but I can't say for sure uh, um that's what I thought. I forgot. It was like right at the end, though. Uh, and he was able to kind of lend some counsel to Nico, which I liked. Um, the Nico and in relationship is an interesting one. They have some similar parallels where it's like they're destined to be big parts of the family and they get kind of. Um, deterred by all of the violence and the predestiny and they kind of retreat and do their own thing and end up coming back for the family right so i kind of like that those two stories paralleled each other and it, it kind of leaves you hopeful that a leader like nico following hilo could be a good thing for the clan and uh 
we'll we'll have to see. I feel like there's secret yeah, potential I, here. Yeah, it, I think there could be. I I think that Nico makes a lot of sense by the end as a a peacetime pillar, you know, yeah. like a wartime right like a wartime president or whatever Mm -hmm. it's like there's wartime pillar i think that hilo was the man for the job and now a peacetime pillar nico makes a lot of sense you you brought up the yeah you brought up the idea earlier of hilo sitting nico down and just being like hey hey you know give him the talk yeah, <laughs> which the, it, I killed your most of the times, you know, the old the birds, talk. yeah, <laughs> not the, the birds and the bees, uh, is like. So sometimes when a brother-in-law and a sister-in-law hate each other very much, <laughs> the <laughs> brother-in-law has to d- murder the sister-in-law, and that sister-in-law was your brother, um, your mother. Yeah, oh like, God, oh, real? transcendent <laughs> very, Game of Thrones yeah. right now. Very really strange. Yeah, very really strange. Uh, issues trying to track family members right now, but yes, that that, that steering wall was your mother, and I murdered your mother. And it's kind of an interesting moment because Nico is still a kid, and his reaction it goes to show like how indoctrinated uh, the <laughs> the kids and just uh, how people in this culture are to the idea of clans and being green and honor because Nico is like, Oh no. Like, I guess that means mommy was a bad person. And I hope, does that mean I'm going to be a bad person? Like my mom too. And Hilo is like comforting. Nico is like, no, 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 I won't have to murder you like your mother. And it's <laughs> like, uh, he's like, Oh, that's good. <laughs> like it's, it's an interesting moment, and Very I guess it does come back around where Nico grows up, and eventually it's like, wait, what? <laughs> wait, let me take a step back here. Like, yeah, I never got to know. My, my mom, mom was just killed her. Yeah, so I'm glad that that came back around because during the moment I was like, oh my god, Nico is really taking this in stride. Yeah, and I guess he's a kid and. I don't know. I don't know how a kid would react to that. It's a very strange situation. But sure. yeah, he does. He's not he's still like not as mad as I would expect. Like I would think when you do get to be like 18 and you're thinking, "Wait, the guy who raised me, my uncle killed my mom." That's horrible. Like right. he wasn't as mad as I thought he would be, but maybe again that speaks to being indoctrinated by this culture to the point where even being like honesty about the whole situation too like he was very upfront about it he's like i lied but he has no he doesn't even apologize i don't think of course i know does he ever apologize like he always he dies thinking he was in the right about what he did to yeah i mean it's a good thing he did too otherwise he would have not had any male heirs (laughs) That were not that were green bones. True, right? But maybe yeah. Jaya could have been. She probably wouldn't have been but, a good pillar anyway. She's a little too hot headed. But they well, said the same thing young. about Hilo. They didn't said the they, exact Charles? same thing about yeah. Hilo. I think Jaya would make a totally competent, excellent pillar. But uh, you'll we'll never know. 
because that's not the story we got. But the, like I said, sequel potential, maybe a little Jaya versus Nico, the Civil no, War thing going on. It's not going to happen. <laughs> I just want them all to fight each other. It's never going to happen. Right. There, yeah, it's about there family, is a part of this. You know, we unity. got some... Yes, we got some feedback. I posted that we finished the the Greenbone saga, and as usual on Twitter, we got a lot of like interaction on that post. People go nuts for this series on Twitter, mm-hmm. and it, you know, overwhelmingly very positive things to say. And then there there was one person who was like uh, saying that they they couldn't really get into jade city as much because they're like it is a lot of like family like politics and uh, i'm trying to remember the other thing that they said but they're like it seemed like a lot of family politicking and like dealing with these uh clans behind the scenes and that kind of stuff they're like i was looking for a lot more action does that pick up later in the series and i was like uh you know (laughs) what like if you don't, like if you're not enjoying the family politics. politics and the scheming of the clans and that kind of stuff, this series might not be for you. And that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, which, yeah. like, you have to be willing to to do that because I think where there might be, you could call them missed opportunities, uh, or you could call them like just things that would happen in a different kind of story. But for me, there were a couple that I would call missed opportunities. It was when like we just didn't get the showdowns action wise that we would have liked to see right there's all these uh at a certain point like i would like to have seen aitmata and hilo fight each other yeah and and we just sure. don't get that moment and there's a lot of series it's like an obvious moment and of course one that fonda was well aware was a possibility uh and she chose not to do it uh, and that's that's clearly an explicit choice there's just no way it didn't occur to Fonda that that was an option. But I don't know. Like, there maybe there's just that, like, popcorn fantasy, like, fan in me that just want, yeah, wants to sit back. And uh, I don't eat popcorn while I read books. But <laughs> if I could, without getting butter on the pages, mm. then I would love to eat popcorn and, like, read the Hilo versus... Uh, Aitmata showdown for it all. And that's something like I think of a Brandon Sanderson. It's like, he will give you that moment. You just know he'll give you that moment. Whenever there's like, oh, we really need to get like this character against this character. Brandon Sanderson will deliver you He's that. your guy. Yeah. And definitely. yeah. And there's a lot of great authors that will explicitly choose not to. And I think... Yeah, this doesn't have those action sequences, but that's not really the point of the books. I would agree. And I think a lot of this is hinging on you wanting and expecting violence and revenge and then having the characters choose compassion. I I think that's a huge point of this. It's like, oh, you're all familiar with like, yakuza kind of imagery you're all familiar with like you know family secret kind of tropes you're familiar with revenge storylines all of those things 
But then it's like, well, he's also got a family to raise. And I think that was the act of choice of like putting those expectations kind of personified in the Aitmata character who's not afraid to show down uh, and put that against the No Peak clan and the calls and just to see how that is different story plays out. So I agree with you. It's deliberate. It's a choice for those of us that want action. You don't have to get it all the time. You know, this is way more grounded in reality. I think where it's like Kilo wasn't just going to run up and fight every character in an epic showdown. You know, I, I think that choice to make it more grounded in like a family dynamic reality and, and focus on those developments over a 20 year span. I, it was, a really unique choice and a standout for fantasy. Like if you want to read an epic showdown between two enemies, like read any other fantasy novel, perhaps. <laughs> but uh, I don't know. <laughs> I, I appreciated some swinging for the fences here. Like we got some cool stuff. We got the like all these different climactic moments from the first couple hundred pages. You know, we got a showdown. We got like the explosion at the. Um, you know, at the boardroom there with the um, clanless movement, we got that. And that was kind of a fun moment. Um, and, yeah, I think it's the choice to just focus on that family dynamic that was di- didn't make a showdown seem sincere anymore. Like, I don't know how you can wage both without kind of compromising some of that, like, grieving process that you need for a compassionate family. Right. I do think that's one of the places where Fondo's writing shines is in its realism. Like, the historical events that happen in this series, they always feel like this is exactly how something like this would happen. Like, all the ways in which just randomness will play a role. Like, I think of Lon's death way back in Jade City. And I think when we were discussing that, I was talking about the assassination of Archduke Franz Ferdinand. <laughs> you were, actually. Uh, and, right, yeah, I was trying to say Franz Ferdinand knowledge. <laughs> uh, our, our AP Euro uh, uh, teacher, Miss Halloran, would be proud. Yeah. She's like, wait, Dylan learned something yeah. in my class? He paid like, attention on that day. <laughs> he paid attention on that day? <laughs> but it is like... It, that sets off a world war, you know? And mm. it's this weird moment where I think it was, it was something along the lines of the assassin, like, missed their opportunity, and then uh, Franz Ferdinand's car broke down in front of, like, a burger joint, and uh, <laughs> they just happened to be there and end up being able to shoot him there. And it's like that Barrow just ending up in the right time, right place to kill Lon and other moments like, um, like the way that a Hilo ends up dying rather than it being like in some final showdown, uh, with Ait Mata. It's like, look, we didn't get, how often do we get like leaders that are feuding with each other, like slap boxing each other? It just is not the way that history goes. It's like it's like Hamilton and Burr and nothing else. There's like Hamilton and Burr were legitimately like, oh, there are these two feuding like uh, premier figures in politics. And then they just have a duel and one shoots the other and they die. But it's like 99.99% of the time. 
it's just like random crap that plays out in a way that is stranger than fiction. And Fonda, in her own fiction, finds a way to capture that feeling, which which is impressive, right? It's it's very easy to go with the oh yeah, and then we have the final showdown between these two uh, premier figures, but instead we get moments like the random crap that results in Rue's death right it's just like on the turn of something so oh like random but definitely like could happen you know he's in this he ends up offering clean blades because he like kind of has to he's just in this like awkward situation where things could result in uh, a big it was like a cuban missile crisis type moment look at this you see that, Miss Halloran? Wow. I was paying attention, right? Like, just if you could find a way to weave in the French Revolution, we'd be complete. <laughs> right. I'll, I'll see if I can get there. But it is this moment where like tensions are preposterously high, and in a moment, like it could be a giant war where like Rue was getting involved with the what was it the horns? Uh, was it the horn or like a fist? A, oh, the, the fist the girlfriend they... or something like that. Oh yeah, it was a. It was a. You fist. remember this? But it was part of the family that was like way up there. That was contending for like, I, yeah, I, I Otto's family, yeah, yeah, right? Yes. yes. Mm-hmm. So uh, anyway, and then the fist is there, and it's like, oh, like you, uh, you're dancing with my girl, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I think it was doing a little bit more than dancing, but this is a family friendly show, and we end up with this moment where it's like oh wow if they end up getting in a legitimate fight this could be all out war instead of a sort of cold war feeling thing between the mountain and the no peak clan where it's, it is kind of more of a like arms race and behind the scenes war not on battlefields and we end up like he has to challenge the other guy uh, like the unaffiliated guy right, right. to the clean blades and then it's supposed to be fists and just like the guy's kind of scrambling just trying to like he's getting his ass kicked he's just trying to get something to uh, get um get rue off of him and he just like accidentally slices rue's neck open and it's like and history turns on something like that and i feel like that's how uh how crap uh goes down in the real world more often than the big final showdown but even then like not as the much came in terms of clan war from that like Hilo purposefully did not like go in a battle rage like he did uh, with lon's death but he does do he like true all of a sudden he comes out of the woodwork supporting all kinds of social progress initiatives that rue was uh championing um from his college studies and he does you know eventually make peace with that family the family that technically was involved in the drama that got rue killed but it was you know ruled an accident so there's something to be said there of like yeah history can turn right. on a dime but it does it brings nico back and then Nico yes, coming back is, Nico back is hugely influential. So it does have a big histor- uh, like influence on the history of the of the clan. Maybe Nico would have come back sooner th- rather than later anyway. Mm-hmm. But it was the impetus to get him back and all right. of that. 
But yeah, it does show growth on Hilo's part. They didn't go full rage mode. Because when Lon died, Barrow snuck his way into that whole situation. (laughs) Barrow was in both instances. Barrow, who evolved chaos, turned cab driver. Yeah. I was looking in the thing at the beginning of the book that has all the characters listed. It's kind of like a, I'm going to mess up the pronunciation of this, but like Dramatis Personae or something like that. Oh, yeah, yeah, Only yeah. listed that the there, Latin. but it, yes. Right, I was I was also paying attention in Latin class. Miss it. No, I didn't take Latin <laughs> class. But, and they have like a little description of it. So it would be like, call, Hilo, oh, uh, pillar of the no peak clan and for mm. barrow it's just like barrow comma a criminal <laughs> and i was like that's amazing <laughs> that pretty much sums yes. it up for barrow <laughs> yes so now barrow who is everything all these different roles you can sum up easier than anyone in two words <laughs> it's like a criminal you're like you know what yeah, I could tell Fonda Lee was having some fun writing Barrow and just like kept it, yeah, kept it in. He, by the, he does have those like. I was expecting some other last moment of crazy energy from him. I guess we get that when the boardroom like bombing goes off with the ROE's investigation and all that. What was it, Catfish? It's like, good job, Catfish. Yeah, <laughs> jolly good show. <laughs> and uh yeah they let him that was his like moment and then he gets the last scene with um god i keep and in and uh in the cab which was nice but uh, he also got a moment like the moment with nico i think is stronger than the moment with and in like the interview moment Mm -hmm. so that yeah the moment with and in didn't do as much for me I, I did like that Fonda doesn't doesn't get too blatant with the fact that it's Barrow. She's not like, hey, like it's me, uh, I'm Barrow. Like my name's Barrow, <laughs> you know. <laughs> like she she has it more subtle. That's like, oh, like Barrow's the cab driver. Okay, like that's <laughs> that's something of a full circle moment. But at the same time, I don't know that that didn't hit as well for me as like I, I like the interview. Like they just track him down. There's a reason why he's there, and then he and goes, he's I like, I used to wear that jade. Yeah, yeah. And Nico's just like shrugs it off because that's kind of his personality, anyway. I don't even know the extent to which he believed Barrow, but he's like, at yeah, least we doesn't make a difference to me. It's like you think you had any right. kind of real part in this, but you know, it, you know he can kind of let let it roll off of him. Which was an interesting, an interesting moment, and he kind of seems yeah. pities. And Barrow. Nico never and knew Barrow his dad. Gets his life together. Yeah, Nico never knew his dad. They need to update Barrow. Is that me? We don't know he has his life together. He's, they need to just because he's driving a cab. I mean, <laughs> I've seen Taxi Driver. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. He's not that far right, from a Robert I mean, De Niro we... type. <laughs> Right, <laughs> I could Taking definitely see a dirty movie Barrow down the line. <laughs> He's uh, <laughs> you talking, talking to me? me? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There's no one but else around. <laughs> he, yeah, <laughs> yeah. He definitely seemed to be heading down that sort of path. But that is the spin-off uh, yeah, Nico novella never... that we need. 
Right. Did she already did Godfather? If we could do now Taxi Driver. And Robert De Niro's in both movies, so it's kind of like a Robert De Niro, like a cinematic arc parallel. Yes, and we can expand the the Greenbow uh, literary universe by yes, then they'll do fleshing like it out. We need, we need we need more parents. movie after that. <laughs> meet the parents. Like, who are the parents in that one? It's, it's like, gonna be Robert like, De Niro. It's like I got nipples, Greg. Can you milk me? <laughs> no, no. I'm saying in the in the world of the oh, of yeah. the Greenbone saga, like who are the characters that are the parents? That's a good question. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, yeah, but, I feel like, yeah, it's a good question. There's not many left. <laughs> so like, who would be the wet, like the, yeah. But that's like, De Niro's character is like really serious, like a former, I don't know if he's like former maybe FBI like, or something, but he has that kind of vibe You could do, too. you could make so like could Jaya be, like, is like the Robert De Niro character, you know, you time skip oh, yeah, where she's like, you know, matriarch status you know and gender then, swap we gender, like that gender swap uh meet the parents you find you can take that and run yeah with it, you know a little <laughs> you get tax, all your pharaoh taxi driver spin-off novella and <laughs> right. jaya as no uh as robert de niro's character and meet the parents uh you can have that too <laughs> right meet the, calls. Them the rom-com status yeah meet the calls <laughs> <laughs> It's like she may have had some. He may, so my mom technically is the horn of no peak. It's not a big deal. You're gonna love her. We're gonna get married. It's gonna be great. I just remember the moment with. All I remember me the parents is like, I have nipples. Can you milk me? Yeah. <laughs> like where he's like he's like oh yeah you can milk anything really like you can. It's like, I can milk a cat or whatever. He's like, eh, you can milk anything with nipples. <laughs> and then like, I can't remember his name, but that's it's like Tom. He's like, hey, I have nipples, Tom. Can you milk me? It's Greg. <laughs> it's so funny. <laughs> Greg? Yeah, Is that the name? Yeah, it's Greg. Oh, well. I'm pretty sure. Well, I mean, oh, yeah, good scene. on you for knowing Greg Fokker's name. Well, you'll never forget. Which we can say Fokker on the Friends Talking Fancy Oh, podcast. absolutely. Absolutely. You change one letter, and you can't. But <laughs> Fokker, any day. Oh, God. <laughs> I didn't mean it like that. <laughs> moving You know what, right Charles, let's, uh, let's keep moving. <laughs> let's keep moving. If only you ever edited things out of this show. That, if only I uh, did. We couldn't, right, <laughs> then we wouldn't be able to have that. Because, you know, in context, hopefully people know that that was not intentional but out of context just grab that snippet and uh that's it that's it for dylan that <laughs> bye dylan it was nice knowing you uh but uh hopefully yeah. you know the fans will listen and they won't stage this huge rebellion and then like a storming bastille type situation where you know like in the french revolution so I'm trying to go with that. No. Ooh. <laughs> trying to bring it back. Okay. Yeah, don't want my head in a guillotine for this one. Ayo, you sure don't. Like like King Louis, probably. Probably one of those guys. Was um, it Louis? Marie Antoinette. You know, you said something yeah, out of turn. That let you them didn't eat really cake. Mean, you know, and right, exactly. what, now they're going to get your head cut off. You know, exactly. So you're basically Marie Antoinette. Right. 
We need to get this back on the rails. I've always identified with Marie Antoinette. <laughs> this is another, where I saw that's this another thing going. that's not getting that's not getting cut <laughs> speaking of not <laughs> I don't care about that one <laughs> that one's fine <laughs> <sighs> so one character that um, we didn't talk that much about is Shay uh, last book we gave her a bit of a hard time for taking what we called L after L and I would argue L that plus ratio <laughs> She did get L plus. Which we got feedback was we did that get you feedback? were correct about that. I was, we, wait, yes. who, whose feedback did we get? Like uh, someone wrote in? Or someone you, you just, just tweeted a response to the wow. episode I Thank posted on you. Twitter. And they said, I think Charles is is correct. You want me to, I'll track the person down. Yeah, and, if you could uh, let uh, me right know now. so I can just appreciate that. Because I didn't get, no wonder you didn't tell me about it. <laughs> Dylan would I'm telling you about that. it now on the air. <laughs> I mean, is there no? I could have told you behind the scenes. No, no, Instead I appreciate it. On I the air, that takes a very big man. Giving you a hard time, I appreciate it. It's very big of you. I mean, that's what I thought it was. The, and we've said before, I've, I'm hip to what the kids are talking about these days, and like you yes. know, that's what I thought. Daniel it was. at Duck Thirty Five S. Thank you. Uh, thank you, Daniel, for, for that. That's what I thought for, it meant. Uh, for, and you know what? We never for, went and looked it up. <laughs> I did. <laughs> I looked... Okay, here's the thing, Charles. So, okay, the listener... Hopefully you listened to our Jade War episode if you're listening to our Jade Legacy episode. But if not, then we're trying to figure out what L plus ratio means because we're too old <laughs> to understand. But... Uh, Charles, even older than I, somehow knew that it's about, yeah, it's, uh, no, fighting. Many months. Um, (laughs) But it's when a reply on Twitter gets more likes than the tweet that it replied to. So that that is L plus. That's the ratio part of L plus right, ratio. Right, 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 right. Um, the ratio part was what we were uh, debating. But so that does have 7,695 upvotes on Urban Dictionary. So I concede to you, Charles. Mm, thank uh, you. Because my definition that I offered, which is when you get more replies than you do retweets or likes on a post on social media – most commonly Twitter, uh, it Im- which implies that the post basically is disagreed with heavily. Yeah, people um, are clowning. People do not like what you have to say. Mm-hmm. Uh, right. Um, that has 520 upvotes on okay. Urban Dictionary. And I only mean, when 90 you said it, I believed it. Like, I was not confident. But um, the more that I would... We need another word for that specifically because that is an interesting thing that happens. But yeah, L plus ratio is like you got owned in the comments, man. Like, and that's what happened to Shay when she was trying to go toe to toe with Ait Mata. Okay, <laughs> way to seg back. Way to seg back. And I feel like that kind of continues for her. Although I want to give uh, Fonda Lee credit because she comes up with one of the best names ever to ever grace like my audiobook experience of Woon Puppy Dunwa. <laughs> That's such a great name. Like she does manage to form a <laughs> nice family with uh, Woon Puppy Dunwa, even though she had to basically wreck his home first to, to, to do it. But um 
you know, they lived a nice long life together and had a family and this and that. And um, I think one of the things... It was we... very Mary Shelley of her to do that. Oh. Wow. You're Author right. Frankenstein. <laughs> she, yeah. This is references She got involved me. with... Yeah. Yeah. She got involved with a married man in the 1810s. Uh, mm. Or, yeah, I believe he was married. Uh, Woon Puppy do Puppy... Papi At least Dunois. that's what I heard in the audiobook. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, Woon was not yet married. He, he was engaged, but yeah, very Mary Shelley of her because Mary Shelley ran off with a... Mary Shelley breaking all kinds of Then married man. Yes. And uh, so she's, she's like a feminist icon. This is like the 1800s. It'd be like another hundred years before in the U.S. anyway, uh, women would get the right to vote with the 19th Amendment. <laughs> you like that, Charles? That yeah, really? you like that history? Yeah, you're doing great. I'm killing it. Keep it up. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I'm totally not keeping us on track with that. So. Um, yes, all the but, lessons uh, you learn along the way. That's, you know, why we're here. We all read the book. We all know what happened. <laughs> yes. It's but, a good uh, book. But they went on to live a, a good life together. I'm Mary glad Shelley. You that. Yeah. I wonder if Fonda Lee was aware of that when writing the character of Shay. Probably. <laughs> she's probably aware she's of She's a writer the, herself, you know. Uh, and historical the, thing. Yeah. yeah I'm sure so she's read Frankenstein. It's possible. It's The chances are better than, like, average, considering, you know, she's a, a female author. Uh, so, not guaranteed, of course, but you never know. And I think that's one of the things we have right. to make sure we talk about before this episode ends is, you know, part <laughs> of the legacy, not just Kilo's, like, like through love we can conquer all, but also this unique um, kind of society's view on, like, gender roles and particularly women in this story. You have the legacy of all of the different women in the Call family. You have... The matriarch, I forget her name, because all she does is, like, be old in the background. And everyone's like, oh, she looks so sad just sitting there on in the corner. Best not disturb her with, like, the horrible clan news, you know? And she watches her husband die, Charles. her son die, her grandson die. You saw the menu, movie? right? Yes, I saw the menu. Great movie. <laughs> the guy's mom in the menu. The, the chef's mom oh, was, yeah. like, sitting. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> That's what I think of. <laughs> Exactly, very much Chef's mom's <laughs> vibes. And Voldemort's mom, yeah. actually. Uh, the actor who played Voldemort is the chef. So uh, highly recommend you check out. Ah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And Queen's Gambit. The menus are great. Yeah, Queen's like, Gambit, woman's in that great. movie. You know, I've heard people oh, yeah, she's awesome with mixed too. responses, and I'm like, that movie's great. I don't care what you say. It's fun. You know, that's the whole point. Is, is it Anya Taylor Joy? Is that her? Or like the, Anne Taylor the Joy or Anne Taylor Joy? Anne yeah, yeah. Queen's Gambit. Is that, I think it's Anya. She's in The Northman too, which She's we good. still have to watch. I keep trying to say we should watch that for the show. I feel like no one will listen to that episode, but I love that movie. So um, I want to do it justice. Dave Eggers, fantastic movie. 
But uh, anyway, yeah. we're talking about um, women as a the theme of uh, women and in society and gender. The roles. theme of women. <laughs> Dude, these tangents are okay, making good me effort dumb. There, Charles. <laughs> these tangents are making me dumb. <laughs> these tangents are making me dumb. <laughs> These tangents are making you smart, Charles. I'm teaching you about You're history. filling me with too many facts. I keep forgetting the facts of the book. I'm forgetting how to podcast, right? Do you now. know polar bears aren't really white, Charles? They're they're actually translucent. Oh well. I'm trying to segue that back. I got nothing. What were you like... saying about Shay? I'm saying you've got the legacy, the generations, right? Okay. You've got the the matriarch, I forget her name, you have Shay, you have Jaya, <laughs> and then you have Shay's daughter, whose name I'm also forgetting. Uh, she was young in the story. Um, does anyone know yes, Shay's daughter's it. name? Okay, well, you look that up, but that was an interesting... <laughs> you say anyone know it? Like there's... <laughs> Someone like save me. <laughs> Anybody. <laughs> I think it was like something with a T. Maybe um, <laughs> it's possible, but it's not going to be. The tangents are making me dumb as well. <laughs> yeah, we got to wrap it up soon. But I just wanted to make sure we um, brought this home here because I thought this was particularly interesting. Aitmata, um, I think, needs to be thrown into this as well. Of course, where you have all of these clan positions that are historically male dominated. Ait was the first one to kind of seize power and in a way like trailblaze for clans of like a woman in a leadership position. And when Shay took the weatherman role, it was very controversial as well. And what you have then is Shay's daughter, who's very nonviolent, kind of letting her live a life outside of the clan and go to a different school and take dancing classes and lead a more sensitive, thoughtful life. It's in a way that is kind of symbolizing the, the, growth of the progression of these how these women are being brought into the clan right it's like you went full circle from having the top leadership to being able to live a life outside of the clan and still be loved and and brought in so i thought that was a really interesting perspective i will say shay continues to take l's as i was saying before like i really don't feel like she did too much beyond like realize she kept being duped by aitmata before like the brain trust of the family came together to ultimately overthrow her and that may be a controversial take and that's fine but um i thought just shay as weatherman you know she was uh feeling a lot of those challenges and really trying to keep it together but um yeah, just something I wanted to make sure we talked about before the end. Yeah, it does feel like a lot of Shay's big moments and victories are happening mostly off the page. Mm-hmm. Like we're being told that these things happened and they're the reasons why Shay has been very successful. But a lot of the actual big plot events that happen are her being outmaneuvered by... I, Mata. Mm-hmm. And I think, yeah, she does even kind of realize that toward the end that she's mostly been outmaneuvered by Aitmata. And she, yeah, the big the big moment for her at least is figuring out the way in which Aitmata outmaneuvered her at the end, which allows for them to to beat that uh, 
to nip that in the bud, as they say. And that's something. I think that, yeah, Shay mostly takes a lot of L's throughout <laughs> this series. And it's, it's very, you know, I, it's just the way it goes sometimes. Choice. Yeah. I think, God, there's something I wanted to, wanted to say about Shay too that's escaping me right now, Charles. And this is, yeah, that's a good radio. <laughs> <laughs> there's something i want to say that's escaping me and you know charles won't cut it out so it's it's staying in there <laughs> well you know when you figure it out uh we will get back to that but yeah that idea of like her going up against aitmata and then their you know generation-long rivalry it, it gets like you know there's moments where all of the like she's trying to convert people and then Aitmata just like finds out and assassinates them and you know that she's trying to do all of these foreign politics and Aitmata just buys it all has this master plan to just kill the guy that like have the guy in charge resign and she'll step in and and be able to effectively own GSI and all these other businesses and muscle out the call family and the one moment, though, that is interesting, there are two, I would say. The one is where Shay does decide to spare Aitmata's life at the bombing um, of the boardroom there, which was an interesting choice. Probably, I would have probably gone the way of Hilo, of like, you know, we should, should die. Like, I think that's best for everybody. <laughs> like, that's the oh, thing that... Every single time Aitmata gets spared, which feels like it happens like 10 times, <laughs> although it probably only happens like twice. I think it happens... <laughs> is it, is like it three, three times? Time. Well, depending is it if three you times? consider the middle time. Like, there's this whole time where she's in Andin's apartment, like, getting, like, healed like yes. a baby bird. And then there's... <laughs> like a baby bird. <laughs> They're worried that the Mountain Clan won't take her back if they touch her, though, because <laughs> kind of because she's like they can't see <laughs> like me like this. Bird. Like I need to be powerful <laughs> at all times, you know. Right. And that's part again going yes. back to like, but it's always like women in when they tell you not to touch the baby bird. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I know. Yeah. It was very much that situation. <laughs> Just making sure. I, it was yeah. my analogy then. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, it works on many levels. And um, so if you count that as a time or if that's the continuation of saving her from the bombing. uh, So that's a part that that maybe they so that part, I think the first before they knew Hilo was alive. You can definitely make the case that they need to spare her. And the whole thing was that. It would create so much instability for both of the pillars to go out at once. It could be absolute anarchy and chaos. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, okay, fine. I still yeah, might have gone a little bit more the way Hilo probably would have gone <laughs> and just ended it. But so be it. They spare. But then they find out that Hilo's okay. And I'm like, you just, you just got to do it. And she's all like, make your choice, Anden. <laughs> Yeah. And then it's like, well, I took the Hippocratic Oath. Gosh, golly gee, I can't do nothing here. So they let her go. Yeah. That, that's a direct Not only do they let her go, they nurse her back to health. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> yes, they nurse her back to health. <laughs> no, didn't they already nurse her back to health uh, before the 
before Hilo was seen to be okay, but they still could have killed her because it was Shay and Andin against her and her like aging former horn or something like that. And they're like, oh, we could easily overpower. Right. They were in Andin's apartment taking care of her when they find out that Hilo was still alive. And then the the mood shifted in the room and I was like, make your choice. It's like. Right. But it went from like the choice initially was, do we just let her die Mm -hmm. to then the choice was, okay, Hilo's fine. Do we kill her? Mm -hmm. Which is a different choice. I mean, to someone like Hilo. You're right. That. That might be splitting hairs, but to someone like Andin with a more uh, more value for human life, it might not be. I but guess. but all Killed that being said, people. every single <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but they're you know <laughs> they're not as important characters. And yeah, well, the of first course one we know was the lives aren't worth the mountain, as much. you know, feared warrior. But that was before he realized True. he didn't like killing. <laughs> then he's like, after that, he was like. Okay, right. no more killing. That was my last one. And then he played a part <laughs> in the assassination in the second book. I don't know if he was the one that actually did the killing. I can't remember, but he was definitely there. He was an accomplice. I think he did. He probably did. There Either was... way. No, he didn't because they brought, the, they brought the other person there. They had like the jade and the pen. Yeah. But um, yeah, that was the difference maker right there. Either way. Either way. So... Yeah. And then they spare her again. And uh, at the, end, at the very end, and that one, I just, I was like, you cannot spare her. Like she literally <laughs> just plotted the murder of her remaining family and got Hilo killed, and would have gotten even more people killed if she could have, just to be like a power-hungry bad guy. And then he's like, I can't see the reason to. Sp- to punish you for these acts. And I'm like, this is a worse I can. punishment than death. Like, I'm like, no, no it's not. <laughs> it's like, nope. <laughs> death is way you worse. You live your life in general. Yeah. And it's like, oh God, that's going to cause some, some issues on the, I have this like desk that goes up and down. Charles, I don't know if you just saw that happening, but there's going to be, people are going to hear this like, yeah, <laughs> I like put the book down on the <laughs> on the part that goes up, and yeah, so there's gonna be a sound like <laughs> going up. So I hope you enjoyed that, listeners, because Charles will not edit that out. I mean, I edit and out audio weirdness sometimes, as long as you're not speaking over it. If you're speaking, if you edited it. out audio weirdness, then our show would be very short. <laughs> because <laughs> that's fair. <laughs> It'd be like, Dylan doesn't talk a lot in this episode. <laughs> it's like, well, I edited out all the audio weirdness. <laughs> so, what was I saying? Yeah, you, you can't spare Aitmata in that moment. You, you have to, because yeah, I think the things that, I know she doesn't have Jade and all this kind of stuff, but I think the things that make her dangerous more than Jade are... It's really how conniving she is yes. that makes her dangerous. And she's not going to suddenly lose that just because you took her jade away from her and she's kind of old. She's not even that old. She's like in her 60s. 
And yeah. they're like, you're a shriveled old woman. And I'm like, <laughs> my grandma goes to the gym every day and she's way older than I Mata. Like, <laughs> she's so got a good 20 years of hell raising to do. She could still kill every member <laughs> right. of your family if she wanted to. Like, there's no stopping yeah. her. And, and that was, yeah, the end where it's like, oh, the I Otto wants to make peace. And it's like, let's go. And I was like, are you serious? And then Hilo's like, I want to bring Nico. And I'm like, oh my god, why are they going to this meeting? They can't. They, can't this just be a a conference call or something? Like, why do they have to go? I get it's tradition, and they have to like exchange the declare friendship and this and that. But I'm like, feel them out with a phone call first, and then maybe do the ceremony on your own terms later. Like, don't risk accepting an out-of-the-blue truce invitation when the one thing we know about Aitmata is that she murders her family and she'll never stop and she's never out of the game and she loves power. So I don't know why you would then agree to go into tennis. But they did and they paid the price and then they let her go, you know? So that kind of bothers me. But you know, it's sequel potential, you know? You gotta, you gotta keep that in mind. I've had enough Aitmata, though. <laughs> if we're going... Uh, sequel's fine, but it better not be Aitmata's... Like, somehow, Aitmata has returned, right? Yeah, I was about to do the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> Is that the phrasing? They say somehow Palpatine returned. Yeah, it's like... Right? The entire... like let, Let's erase the entire trilogy that came before this in a... Like in one fell swoop of the word somehow, so <laughs> somehow, yeah, exactly. Well, somehow you let her go <laughs> the on entire vacation two for twenty years unmolested. Right. Do whatever plotting and scheming yeah. that she wants. Somehow, yes, this some somehow, and <laughs> I can just picture Andon and is like, well, returned. somehow she came back. It's like, yes, yeah, somehow Andon. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Somehow she was able to like build up power in a foreign country, and and now we're all in Which trouble. Which she totally again. has the capability to do. I feel like I oh yeah. It's like she, there's no she's not so, out. Until I don't she's know. Dead as, as far as and even then she I might feel. have some like like if I'm dead, open this envelope and you know kind of situations. I wouldn't be surprised. So yeah, she can't be trusted. I know and. You mentioned earlier the idea that, like, choosing compassion over violence, like, that is a theme of this series. But to me, that was the one moment where I'm like, ah, I don't really care about that theme. Like, <laughs> I care about getting rid of Aitmata because this has been, like, like 2,000 pages. If you love your family this. being alive, you should probably kill Aitmata, yes. you know? <laughs> <laughs> Like, that's yeah. probably something you should do. But, uh, man, what a story, huh? What a saga that we've come out uh, at the end of here. You know, three books, um, so much exciting action, a really great modern, progressive, cutting-edge fantasy here that we've got. And it was exciting, and I would, dare I say, like, addictive at times. Like, I was really enjoying just... Mm. seeing where the story goes much like um uh bioenergetic jade can be you got this you know there you go yep thank you you got there i got the itches man now that the story's over i'm feeling the Ah. itches ready for some more fonda lee ready for some more greenbone i mean she teases it 
there's all this stuff of like maybe maybe not series in production it would make a great show i'm even thinking anime you yeah. know this is where this belongs but you never i like i'll love live action too like let's go but um yeah. i could easily see this being live action me too me too i'm surprised peacock dropped it it was Peacock, right? It was Peacock, but like I said when we first brought it up, I think Fonda could do better. Like, we want people to actually watch it. <laughs> so, hey, yo. Right. It's like, it's like when your friend goes through a breakup, but you didn't really like the person they're with. So you're trying to balance. It's like, oh, I'm so sorry. Like, that must be so hard. But also you're like, uh, like you can do something. <laughs> you know like they're going to find the one I'm eventually, glad that's you know? Over. Just keep putting yourself yes. out there. And f- be true to yourself. You're fine. Yeah, and we're sure Fonda will find the one. Hopefully it's Netflix or Hulu or HBO. Oh, yeah, HBO. That's what I'm hoping for. That would be where you want to end up. But uh, you never know. Settle on any of those. Netflix Netflix would be great, too. I've been thinking about, Charles, Netflix props to them. They actually do a pretty good job. I think they've taken some hits lately with, like, people... Because they were like the OG, everyone wants to talk about like, Ugh, Netflix isn't so good anymore. Yeah, and it's like, I don't know. They did do Stranger Things. Now, and, and they, they did do. A lot of stuff. But they, they did Stranger stuff. Things, yeah, I, I think Witcher. Wednesday. 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 <laughs> they did Orange is the New yeah. Black. <laughs> <laughs> and many more. Wednesday. <laughs> so many great series. How could we forget? No, they make some great shows. Like some of my this favorites. episode brought to you by Netflix. God, I if you imagine. enter the code Friends Talking Fantasy Podcast, Netflix.com slash Friends Talking Fantasy Podcast. Watch great shows uh, such that... as Wednesday. <laughs> my favorite is Wednesday. Wednesday. <laughs> <laughs> and other shows too. Dylan <laughs> just watch one show on Netflix. It's like, do they know what Netflix is? Do they have Netflix <laughs> memberships? Oh uh, man, I got the pre the HD package. Charles, man. do you still have your ex's uh, Netflix? No, is no, that, I pay for my own for now. like years, a long time. Yes. I mean, with their blessing for most of it, I wasn't like sneaking around, like you know. But um, <laughs> sneaking, I do have my. I do pay for my own stuff now. It's true. Um, so how I'm many also, years? It's like how many years post years. breakup? <laughs> a lot of years. <laughs> Over under five. Probably right there. Maybe. That's, I, that's that's a good right, line to a, set it at. That's like yeah, it's a good line. I'd say <laughs> four and a half is a good over under. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's a good one. But no, yeah, you know, got my own now. Things have really turned around for me. So, and I can watch all this great <laughs> programming like Wednesday, uh, such as Wednesday, <laughs> and and many more, and many more. Like they have new stuff coming out every month. Like when Wednesday came out. <laughs> Like a few months yeah, ago. That was, Remember what a time that was when huge. Wednesday came out? <laughs> Think of all the shows that have come out it was since huge. Wednesday. That's actually like... Yeah, Wednesday was like the biggest uh, Netflix show since Stranger Things, I believe. So I think it like was setting records. Oh, it was in the top 10 so for... check out. Really long. Super popular. Yeah. Really accessible for the whole family. I would so check that out Wednesday. Too, you know, it's very family friendly. And many more. I mean, there is a, a little bit of like some violence, so not too young. 
but you know, right? Junior I wouldn't high, want like a, late elementary and older. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, I wouldn't have an issue. Yeah, late elementary, sixth yeah. grade. Yeah, it's okay. I don't have an issue with sixth grade or watching Wednesday. junior high in some in some parts of the world. I know for us it wasn't, but uh, I think junior high no. for most is six to eight. But uh, anyway, we made it to the end. Uh, we can't wait to yeah. see where Jade Legacy ends up. Hopefully, it ends up, you know, on Netflix alongside on Wednesday. Netflix alongside Wednesday and many yeah. more <laughs> and so and many, many other shows. great great shows <laughs> and great movies. programming over there on Netflix that we love. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> hey Dylan, what are you watching? <laughs> it's Wednesday. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> okay, we're beating this joke into the ground, Charles. Please end this episode. <laughs> Maybe it'll come back and be funny again. You know how comedy be like that sometimes. <laughs> yeah, but I think you gotta give it. Like you can't just say the same joke over and over again oh, for the music? ten minutes I straight. Cursed. You started the outro music. Yeah, I cursed that I might have to bleep. <laughs> we'll take that as a hint. I'm pausing. Oh, oh you're pausing it because we need to talk about Wednesday more. Yeah, exactly. you know the outro music here. It should be. It should be. Oh, I see. What you did there. <laughs> I, I, I don't think I can do much more than one. I can do one. and then two snaps. And if I do any more, then we are going to get sued. So, I mean, you know, that is basically the, the whole thing, though. So, um, who knows where we'll, where we'll the end creepy up. And the creepy end. That's not <laughs> no, the stop. actual stop. Wednesday. Stop. We don't want to get no, sued. The, <laughs> 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 the actual Wednesday song is like a, a New Age reimagining. Of, you know the, uh, like the house that was uh, the front yes. of the original Adams Family theme song yes. was in our hometown? Like the outside I know house. exactly the one. I used to, it was on our bus route. Yes, it was. Like pass by it on the way just to high school. Yeah. And yeah, I, I, I brought it up multiple times to the same people. And the first time they hear that, they're like, oh, that's cool. And then the second time I bring it up to the same person, they're like, you already told me that. I feel so like that, now that Wednesday's available so on Netflix, that you can now have a renewed uh, interest other in the shows. family house. You know, like, hey. Well, that's why I keep talking about it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's like why, like lately, like I, yeah, you know, I think I, I think I mentioned it to my girlfriend recently. And nice. I, she was like, you already told me that. <laughs> and not, not as interested the second the second time. <laughs> no. I was like it's still I was like that cool, Jenna Ortega though on Wednesday. <laughs> I mean, she is impressive. Yeah, she's going to be You in know, I'm going to New movie, York, right? <laughs> she is. She is. That's um, uh, that's exciting. We're I'm, I'm going to Yeah. So you're going to so you're going to New oh, York. Oh, definitely. Take a picture yeah, of that family. When I'm <laughs> Right, I could. I should do that. I'll tweet it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So <laughs> I'd be like, so anyway, uh, while I'm there, thinking about trying to go to Saturday Night Live because the host is Jenna Ortega that week. Wow. That would be yeah. pretty cool. And everyone inside. knows I love Wednesday. That would be cool, but it's a whole process. You know how it goes, Charles. You're, oh, yeah. you're okay. a native New Yorker and all that. Um, but the 1985, it's the musical guest as well. So Ooh. that's... Okay. Speaking of musical guests, hey, 
<laughs> Let's get that sweet tea out. He's like, I need uh, to stop. Yeah, we need, this to, is like, we need to wrap this up. So, yeah, uh, yeah I, great. Jade it, Legacy, it's reached a point where I hope book. Honda doesn't listen yeah, to this no, episode. Like, guys, <laughs> Just, go recommend. I'm sorry if you've made it this far. Recommend the Greenbone Saga to your friends. And uh, thank you all for yeah. listening. You know, this was a great series. Um, action-packed. And at the end of the day, it's about family, and that's what I love about it. You know, it made me love some of these complicated characters in a complicated world, and can't we all relate to that? So, um, check out the Greenbone nope. Saga. Charles has a family. I sure do. And uh, you know who else has a family? <laughs> <laughs> the main uh, character of Wednesday. Music? <laughs> no, Wednesday. <laughs> she has a whole. Yeah, not only does she has a, have a family, she has an Adams family. <laughs> she sure does. Charles, did you know that the the house that they based the Adams Family House on was actually within minutes of where I grew up? You know, I did know that, and I still find that interesting. <laughs> that is a very interesting Wow. Thing. It's so interesting that hearing it multiple times actually is still interesting. Oh, I know. I lived it. We wow. Were on the same Some other people in my life could learn. Yes. seriously i know <laughs> some people that are definitely not an hour and 20 plus minutes into this jade legacy episode so i don't have to worry about yeah you're getting safe. crap from you're safe. my in my digital but, life but, but nobody is safe from the sweet sweet outro music so let's get that music pumping now Thank you all so much, one and all, for listening to yet another very exciting episode of the Friends Talking Fantasy Podcast. If you like what you heard today, if you are a big fan of Netflix hit show Wednesday, let us know over on social media. That's at the FTF Podcast on Instagram and the FTF Podcast with the number one at the end uh, on Twitter. Now, Dylan, if they like what they heard today and they want to support the show even further than engaging with us over on social media what can they do toss five stars to our podcast which you can now do on spotify that's where most of you are listening you just go to the friends talking fantasy podcast feed and right there on the top of it you click two times to give us five stars what could be any easier the only thing that could be any easier than that is turning on netflix and going to wednesday <laughs> this joke isn't funny anymore so it really isn't but i just can't stop for it's all like ages. it's like once you Oh, yes. I mean, that is mass market appeal. But you can also give us five stars on Apple oh, with a rating and or a review. But just listening is more than enough. Thank you so much. For Guys, listening. sometimes I don't know how you do it, but thank you so much for listening. We <laughs> right. greatly appreciate it. Thank you. Like, more than enough already. We love you guys. We love talking about books. We love getting a little weird and wild sometimes. And love talking uh, about TV shows. Talking about TV shows. It's all for the love of the game. And <laughs> One in particular. Great, great works of fantasy. <laughs> so, um, thank you all so, so much for listening. And as always, go forth and come.